Welcome to the Soul Mama podcast, where we have deep and honest conversations about healing, awakening, spirituality, and wellness on this sacred journey of conscious motherhood. We ask how we can walk this path in a way that nourishes, elevates, and heals us and our children. We deserve space and time to slow down and tune in to our hearts, to heal ourselves, and to honor our highest callings. It starts with us. I'm Nahanda Truscott-Reed. I'm a mother, holistic wellness coach, writer, and speaker, and I am passionate about all of the ways we can raise our consciousness and come into more alignment and power as women and mothers. So we can heal the past and make more empowered choices for the future. Our stories and voices matter. It is my intention that these conversations inspire, motivate, and move you on your own Soul Mama journey. I'm so honored that you're here. So we are back with the penultimate of this second season. So this one and its second part are going to be um, the last guest interviews that I'm doing for this season. And what a ride it has been. I feel like there have been so many, so many gems, so many beautiful words of wisdom, so many points of reflection, so many of you who have written into me and DM'd me and commented to say how these these episodes have been serving you and supporting you and nourishing you. And that has been the best feedback that I can receive. So I just want to start by saying thank you. And this week is, I kind of feel like I saved the best tour last. So I had been wanting to interview this particular guest for a minute, um, having met her in person and been deeply inspired by her work. And then when I realized that there was going to be this opportunity, um, it was like everything just came together beautifully. The alignment just flowed and there was no efforting and it was just like, yes, there is this opportunity. And so I am so excited to present to you this conversation with none other than Queen Afua. If you don't know about Queen Afua, where have you been? Because seriously, this woman has been a vital force in womb wellness, specifically coming from an African-American or an African perspective, which many of us have sought after. And she's been doing it for two decades. So if you don't know, Queen Afua is a master holistic healer, a herbalist, a polarity practitioner and a lay midwife. She is the author of seven best-selling wellness books, including Sacred Women. Sacred Women is known by many as the Bible, um, the woman's Bible, and it's full of Queen's guidance and wisdom on self-healing, holistic wellness, and spiritual practices. So this March happened to uh, coincide with the 20th anniversary edition of Sacred Women, and because of that, I managed to have a hour slot um, with Queen, which I just so valued and um, really, really appreciated. So Sacred Woman is a transformative blueprint of ancestral healing. 
It provides essential tools and practices, complete with recipes, meditations, and breathwork exercises. And in this updated and expanded edition, which Queen's team generously sent me a copy, um, readers will enjoy new material, including two brand new chapters called Sacred Time and Sacred Work. And these meditations, affirmations, rituals are rooted in ancient Egyptian temple teachings. So Queen is basically inviting us to love and rejoice in our bodies by spiritualizing the words that we speak, the foods that we eat, the spaces that we live and working, and the transcendent women that we are. And she's had many celebrity clients over the years, um, namely Erica Badu, and more recently Jada Pinkett Smith, and more recently even Lauren London. And so we touch on a few of those circumstances and unfoldings and on really what it took for Queen to actually channel this book, to consolidate all of the wisdom and all of the teachings and all of her work supporting women in the community into this text that we now know as Sacred Women. So I really hope you enjoy. Um, and before we go in to the conversation, I would love if you haven't already, that you could rate and um, leave a review wherever you've listened to this podcast. Um, for me, it's really helpful to hear what's working well, what you might like more of. And as I prepare to take another pause ahead of season three, I would just love to hear from you some of the things that really resonate and what you might like to hear more of. So without further ado, please get comfortable and enjoy this wisdom coming from Queen Afua. So Queen, I don't know if you might remember, but we met maybe four years ago in London at a retreat that you did in a private home where you led maybe 25 of us through a sacred woman experience. And I was there assisting with photography and food and behind the scenes. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Do you remember? I remember. I, could, I didn't know quite where, but it was in London. <laughs> Yes. And that was the first time I had an opportunity to be in your presence. In it was a beautiful experience. And I think that brought to life so much of the work that I had been aware of and so um, inspired by it in my own journey as a wellness practitioner for women. And so I just wanted to bring your memory back to that time. But we are here today to celebrate the 20th anniversary edition of your seminal text, Sacred Women. And I'm so grateful that I have a copy of the new oh. version in my hands here today. Um, and the depths and the breadth that this work has reached to has been phenomenal to witness from 20 years ago with its exception until now it seems to have just taken on a life of its own and literally become a movement. And so I wondered if we could go back to that inception for you, the birthing of this book 20 years ago. You mentioned it taking seven years of fasting and channeling and just really, you know, bringing forth and birthing what has been this magic. And so what was that journey like for you? What was that calling? What was it that you really wanted to capture and to create when you started the process of creating sacred women 
second woman before the book was written. I was teaching about 10 years previously. And I, what I ended up doing is creating a workbook, which is maybe about 15 pages, just stepping them through um, as a guide. And I had, I wrote about the book, Heal Thyself for Health and Longevity, which most people know me, the little green book. Which my mom had, actually. Oh, <laughs> this is generational. I love it. Totally. <laughs> so I knew you as a baby then. Yes, <laughs> literally. Literally. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, generation. And that when I wrote that book, it took every ounce of my being <laughs> to write that book because I didn't consider myself a writer. But I do remember the healing that was necessary to help one to overcome. Mm. And I had the stories and I had the testimonies. And I knew what really worked. And I wrote everything down that I knew worked. And later on, others asked me to write my testimony. And I didn't understand my testimony and how it's going to help anyone. I said, don't they want to just know about what they need? Do they need to know about what I did? And I learned later on that it was a part of it. Yeah. People are motivated by the person who's presenting. What was your life like before? So I did put that in and the book that grew. Mm. Now, me teaching, I can teach easier than I can write, but I had to learn to write and to be a channel, the conduit. So the company that picked, a grassroots company, the community picked up the book, Heal Thyself. And they wanted me to write the book, Sacred Woman. They saw my little pamphlet, my 12, 15 page pamphlet. He said, could you make that into a book? I says, oh no, that Heal Thyself was, I gave it all. <laughs> it's going to teach it now. And he, he kept asking me. And I said, you know what? what I, it'll probably take me a year. I put seven blue candles representing Mother Newt and Mother Oz. And I laid them out. And I said, what I'll do is I'll compile. Because I have my notes. And it should take me no more than a year with editing and everything. Mm -hmm. It took me seven years. For five years, every day. I worked on it every day, wow. sometimes hours in a day. So, and it was written as, it was written as Sacred Woman and Man Heal Thyself. It was one book for both women and men. I said that. Well, the book found itself to the table of a book agent, mm. Marie Brown. I call her Mother Marie Brown. And when she saw it, she said, this should, this should go to this particular editor. This would be a great match for this particular editor, Cheryl Woodrow. Mm -hmm. And me and her met and they met me and they saw the book and they said, we want this book to be written. Can you write this from a perspective of the deity? Oh, they said, oh, are you talking about the guardians? They said, yes. Oh, I didn't know that the world wanted that. <laughs> Not the world wanted a generic book. Just talk about just the womb. Just talk about the word. But don't put the comedic spiritual essence on that level mm. that they wanted exactly what I was living, my personal mm. walk. And I said, okay. So it, there was two years of that labor with Cheryl Woodrow. She was my coach. I just spoke to her a few days ago. I just said to her, thank you for coaching me. Thank you for mothering me through. Thank you for growing me as, as a writer. Thank you for asking me all the questions and some of them that were so hard to answer. But you let me go in and you took time until I came out with the answer. 
she nursed me like I've never seen anything like it in my whole life. Wow. What? And I would spend hours at a time. And she would say, I want you to be right there. I want you to go deeper. I want you to think about that. You know, I know you know. I know you can bring it. I said, oh, most high. And one of the, one of the things that I brought, I covered the tears that healed. And I was reading about women who had um, uteruses was mutilated. Mm. And I just, I cried a little bit of tears. And I said, no, I can't. This is too much. Mm. And then I was reading about all, you know, all the women with the, all the womb pain. And I said, I've got to write. So I cried through it. It was raining one day and I'm crying and I'm writing for my life and I'm on the floor and I light a candle and I'm having some tea. I said, you got to write this. I cried with tears that healed. And I started to see that these tears are medicine. These tears will open up their hearts. These tears will let go of that pain and that suffering and that cancer and that tumor and that rape and that incest. These tears are going to set to help them elevate it. And I remember one of the, this was an actress, and she came to me and she was 38 years old, 28 years old, and she was crying. And because I said, well, how can I help you? And she said, um, my, my uncle had sex with me when I was little one time, and my father, and I had to stay steady and be peaceful, not to disturb her when she was sharing her soul. And she said, it's killing me. And within six months, she had left her body. Mm. And I cried for her. And that, I wrote her in without her name. And all of those, those tears, those are real stories of real women, women who thought she was going for one surgery, she came out of it with no uterus. I cried for them and I cried with them. And then I fought with them. And I said, come on, let's stand up and rise. Let's not die. Let's don't lay down here and die. Let's fight for our healing. Let's fight for our wealth. It took two years. And I remember this one time they said, well, we need you to come and to finish up the book. And they had the book. She had, she had the book in her lap, this thick manuscript. She went page by page. This is now 10 hours in. Wow. And I said, well, I'm going to go home now. And I'll come back. They asked me a question. I said, I'll go home. I'll light a candle. I'll wake up and I'll listen. They said, no, we need you to stay here. We need you to ink a bank. I said, what? Don't. They gave me pajamas. They gave me a towel and a sheet. And then at that time, the editor said, come, come into the pit. Come right now. You should see this on TV. Oprah Winfrey. This Erica Badu. Oprah asked her, so who is your teacher? What did she have a white sword? I told her, put your white sword on the world for protection. Put your oils on. I gave all the stuff. Gave me a medicine bag. And she said, Queen of Four, and I almost passed out. Oh, my God. But I'm, I'm trying to write this book. The book happened. I was, it's the story of the writing and the journey of the book and the rewrites and the rewrites and the 30 questions and answers oh, questions. Wow. Come back in three months with the answers. Most high, most high. Oh, wow. I had 28 people, the, edit, the, the editors, the illustrator, the photographer, the 50 people who gave releases for the images that's in the yes, book. Yes, yes. That was the greatest thing I could ever find. If I left the day after the book, I did my purchase already. Oh, my God. So the book came on 2000, 2000, and, I, and Lloyd Strayhorn's, let me know, numbers in you. He borrowed in Random House as well. My be- one of my best friends, and he said, "It's the year, it's the time of the woman." Mm. And so, as the years, so so that beginning, but it was not an easy journey oh. because there was religious religious follow- leaders were afraid of the book. Of course, yes. And I, I'm coming down like Dorothy the Wiz. I didn't know it was lions and tigers and bears. Yeah. And the women were told not to read the book. The women, like a secret society, they read it anyway. 
and they talked amongst each other. Yes. And they came, some of them slipped in the class like nobody knew about. <laughs> and they took the train. It was like the underground, overground railroad. Oh. And they got their souls back. They got their lives back. They got their hearts back. They got their courage back. They got their mind back. And they cried. And they held each other. And they got through it. And they talked to the inner child. And they spoke words of power. And they healed their wounds. And they stopped hemorrhaging. And they healed their hearts. And they stopped being angry. And they got their businesses up and they start to have faith in themselves. And I saw this and I watched them grow and I watched them become lotuses. I lost them to blossom and I grew. And every time I teach it, I go through it again. Quick. I go through it again because it keeps growing me wow. through the women. Thank you so much for just recounting the depths of that journey for you. Like, you know, as a reader myself and coming to that book in my mother's home as a young woman, first of all, the cover, right? Like just the, the painting, the image, I felt like there was a calling to some part that was deep within me that I knew I'm not yet a woman, but there is part of something that's going to be in this book that is going to be integral to my becoming a woman. And just going through the images before I really understood the depths of the text. Well, how old were you when you was going in the book? So I was like 14. <laughs> oh, that was the age. You were looking for your rites of passage. Right. You were right and exact and in tune. Right. And for me, what stood out, you know, growing up in London, being of mixed heritage, not having a, a strong network or community of sisterhood or of elders, of that kind of loving container to, to unfold into, you know, there was no blueprint. <laughs> but yet, I kept on being pulled back to the depths. I now see how much it has become a woman's Bible because there is so much from the woman's journey that there isn't spaces in the mainstream to really understand and to really support her through navigating. And I didn't even know it then. I went off into corporate world. I went and I lived my life. I came back, I had my babies. And when I had my first daughter, I was like, there is something missing. There is something missing in the way that we support mothers or not in the case, whether it's through the medical system or through the lack of holding, the lack of rituals, the lack of ceremony. And it all came flooding back. It was just like, ah, oh, this is the work. This is the healing. And so when you describe that process of you having to birth that book and it not being easy, but it becoming the blueprint for so many women to then find themselves, that to me is just like, wow, how must it feel now, 20 years after the publish and seeing how how wide it's grown, how many generations of women have been touched by this work. How does that feel now? Um, I feel honored. I feel grateful. I'm grateful that I listened and was obedient. I'm grateful for the fasting and the cleansing that I did to hear the voice of the Most High talk to me. I'm grateful for all the healing baths that I had to take. I'm grateful that my womb spoke to me while in the midst of writing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she was about to drop out of me. And she says, if you do not, you have toxic womb overload. That came out of my own experience because I saw 30 people that week. I'm still writing a book. I'm writing a book while I'm running. I'm writing a book while I'm on a plane. I'm writing a book 
where after a teacher class and a message comes to me, I'm seeing talking to a client and a line comes to me. I'm writing a book every single day of that time. And when my room dropped, it was necessary because I had to hear the voice of my room in order to tell women that there is a voice. And I didn't know what else to do. It was a Friday at 4.15 and it went boom, it dropped. I felt a thump. And I didn't know about a prolapse uterus. Mm. And I went to my, my friend Wahida, who was manufacturing my product with my mother in the kitchen lab. And I said, Wahida, I feel like my room dropped. She looked at me like, I don't know what to do. You're the healer. Then the voice came in, said, go upstairs. I'm looking like, where is it? Go up, lay down. It was like where I did my workshop and put your feet up against the wall. So I didn't know about conversion right. and bringing your soul to life. It was a whole affirmation from my ancient text that tells us what to do to return to us. And in that moment, my woman said, put your hands on me. She gave me clear instructions. Then she began to give me my prescription. She told me what I had to do. She said, you have to go away. You have to retreat. And after she finished talking to me for about, it must have been an hour, I, I said, okay, I have to go. I had a team of eight people. I had a four-story brownstone in Brooklyn, and I have to now go. Mm. And I got to go now. And I got husbands. <laughs> I got the children. And I got to go now because otherwise she's leaving. Right. Either I go and take care of her or she's going to leave out of me. Right. That's not going to work. What's my, how, how high do I have to jump? So I did go mm. and I came back every month and I, and, those, and it was nine days I would work and see all my clients and get back on that plane. Go, I, where did I go? I went to St. Thomas. I went to St. Thomas. I lived there for six months wow. and I attended to her. I gave everything she needed. She wanted organic food. She wanted host greens. She wanted sun baths. She wanted ocean baths. She wanted more prayers. She wanted me to write I probably tears that healed there. She wanted me to write, she wanted me to do my womb yoga dance and develop a whole system. In those six months, she gave me all that download. Wow. I took it in. So my fiber is inside the book. My bones, my blood, my veins, but your fiber is inside that book. Because I took you with me. I took your mother. I know it. I was I knew I was who I was writing to. And I knew why, because I was getting the messages. I was getting up at four o'clock, not because I wanted to, I had to get up to get the message. That's what I was downloading the book. So that that was so how do I feel about it? I feel privileged. I feel grateful that I am the one who was chosen and I was willing to do the necessary sacrifices. I was willing to let go of everything to gain this walk. And I did let go of a lot. I had, let, I had a lot of things had to move away from me and I had to watch it leave me. And okay, oh, a marriage. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, a home. Oh, that too. All your property, children's pictures, things had to burn away. So much had to go away for me to be able to sit here. Mm. So there's no ego. There's nothing. It's just get thanks and praise right. that I was able to stand through it. <laughs> the hurricane, the wind, the rain, the padlock, the trauma, and I was able to recover. <laughs> I'd be okay and be happy. What a testament. I feel like not only has that journey begun the healing that you needed that then paved the way to so many others healing but the fact that 
people are purchasing that book more now it feels like than even back yes right ever than ever ever like that for an author in the publishing industry let alone a healer let alone somebody whose message is seen as potentially controversial or like you said dangerous at points like for that to kind of come around full circle in the way that it has you were 100% ahead of your time because you were speaking with a language and through words that now I recognize in the way mainstream, in the wellness, in circles, in the conversations around manifesting and healing. Like these things are now, you know, commonplace, but back then they were not. And I remember just coming up as a, as a young woman feeling like nobody else understood that. There wasn't a space where that was that conversation was happening and your book provided that safe space for so many women to find themselves and to to come back into to sisterhood and to activate that inner healer and so for that on everyone's behalf who has read this book thank you because that is an amazing feat and to have that legacy I just find that so inspiring so thank you you mentioned there about you know not realizing how paramount your journey, your personal transformation, your actual journey of healing would be to inspiring and motivating women who were going to be coming up behind you. And for women who haven't read the book and who don't know your story, I wondered if you could give us some context as to what that was like, what your transition into that work was. Well, uh, you know, one of my friends, she laughed at me uh, Queen Esther. She said, girl, you've never had a job in your life. <laughs> and I should be proud of it. Definitely. I'm That's an achievement. Well, <laughs> 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 so, my father was an entrepreneur. He had his own, um, he was a different technician. And so he had, a, the doctors came to him, the dentists came to him. Mm. He did the dentures and out of that, he was able to get property in Brooklyn. So I, and he always had, was financially, you know, strong mm. and took care of our family, my brothers, myself, and my mother and the households. So, and he, but he's a Garveyite and he would teach me about my people and how we have to work together. And we don't work together, that is our demise. So he gave me, he's really worked my mind to love my people. And I was a child who was, yes, totally, Daddy, you're right. I get it. <laughs> my father also conceived me in his 50s, so he was, I was an older soul right. because of that. He had maturity. Mm. And my mother, she was a Southern belle from Louisiana, and he secured my mother. And my mother was well secured. But mm. we've looked at as security then. And that raising of my father is who, who carries me right now. That's who's carrying me. As, a, as an ancestor in real time, he gives me his strength. He gives, I feel like a rock because of him and my mother. My mother's solid. Mm-hmm. I come from nine, nine aunts and four uncles. So I feel wow. this foundation enough to give. And I just learned last year that one, that my great, I would say my great, great, great grand family was from Nigeria. They, my, they figured out we're from Nigeria, wow. one of our lines. Yeah. So that, that is the strength. That's the strength that allowed me to go through the, you know, I call it the burning coals. Mm. I've been through the burning coals. And I, so, I mean, I, that story, I can go forever on the burning coals because <laughs> my whole life, 
<laughs> you know, you're in this cycle, that's over, that leaves you, a whole new thing has to happen. I'm in LA. I mean, there's a whole line of stuff that happened to get me here in LA that was like, really, I'm to be here? Mm. I mean, just to be here with Laura um, London. And why am I was sent to her? Uh, it was December, mm. January, February, and March is when she was devastated. Yeah. Yes. But I was to be here with her for that year. Wow. And I remember when I said, I, she thought I, she thought I was going to be leaving. And she jumped up and she cried and hugged me. No. And I said, no, I'm, I'm coming. I'll be back in two weeks. Wow. I'm just going <laughs> to. We bonded so much. She needed me. And she helped this work to grow amazingly. Yes. And Lipsy Hustle, he, as an ancestor, he wow. is anointing this work. He has told his wife to keep going with this work. And she brought me to Jada Pickett and just a number of things are happening. Erica Badu coming coming to my house with one of the energy reading. I said, Well, I'll meet you at the center. She came to my house and I put my she she came for an hour. She stayed overnight. I gave her my mother's pajamas and told my daughter to come and look, could you let her stay in your room? And here's the candle. I'll see you in the morning. And it just went on. And these wow. things have been happening. A lot of things have been happening and you know, on this journey, on this war. And it brought me here now, Sacred Woman. This book, after 20 years, it is still, it's a bestseller this three times over. Wow, I say. I would have done that. Particularly since my girlfriend laughs at me. She said, Queen, you know, you're going to make your living as a writer. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean writing flies and brochures? <laughs> and then here you, here you are. And I guess what I was wondering about was, of course, the unfolding that has kind of gone beyond you has kind of taken it far and wide, right? You know, like a lot of people coming to it from this generation, my generation, um, and even younger have come through the Lauren Londons and the Jada Pinkett's. And, you know, I think that's a blessing that it's been able to capture the imagination of those women as well, especially those young ones coming up, because it feels like there is a priming that has been taken place. There is a readiness, there is a yearning for that kind of knowledge and, and an, a willingness to reclaim that in a way that feels supportive on the collective level that perhaps wasn't for our previous generations and so I can see that journey but for you kind of working with women from you mentioned the baby boomer age all the way up to generation z right do you see the differences generationally and do you feel like there is there is something that each generation calls forth that is, is slightly different from the last? Or do you feel like, you know, sacred women kind of captures the, the foundation of what each generation has been calling for? The generation before, right before this one coming in, the ones in their twins and thirties, it was really for us to heal ourselves. Mm. It's about yourself, just to survive and overcome your own personal and your own community, dis-ease, um, discomfort, pain, suffering. But this generation, I've, I've observed the last, particularly the last maybe five to seven years, mm. healers, women conscious, they want to be healers. And I would look, I would, oh, I would speak and I said, well, how many of you are doing this herbalist here? How many of you are vegan chefs? And who's, who's a midwife? And, Who's a doula and who does aromatherapy and everyone in the room? Mm. 
just that. And in that side of that time, I was reading one of the most ancient texts, the first text written by our ancestors, the Perchin Ruin Gare, and I found us. Mm. And that opens up the book for the anniversary book. And I've been saying it ever since within those five, seven years to the women, because I see a shift. And this is the prayer. We are the women who lighten the darkness. We have come to lighten the darkness. It is lightened. We have overcome the destroyers. We are there for those who weep, who hide their faces, who sunk down. They look upon us then. We are the women. We are the healers. And that's those healers. They they hear they're hearing a call. So I don't know if you can just feel how strong a vibration, how much energy, how much passion Queen has. I was literally like just jaw to the floor for like half of that conversation. And it just really inspired me, you know, like Queen literally embodies her work. Um, For those who haven't seen her, I invite you to take a look at the cover of this podcast and to look at my show notes and to start Googling this woman because she came in all of her regalia. She had on her adorned robes and her beautiful um, head wrap and her just jewels. Like she was just literally dripping like a queen. And I was just so inspired. It was like coming up to midnight in London Um, with the time difference and I was feeling tired and I was like OMG Queen is like 65 if she has this much energy (laughs) doing her work after decades like yeah I'm gonna take that medicine I'm gonna take that healing because yeah energy is what we need to be able to create change in ourselves in our families in our communities and I am so inspired by Queen So I'm sure you can hear that I'm quite a fan, Um, but I hope you tune in to part two, which will come out on Sunday, which will go deeper into the new material that Queen has included in her book and also what it takes to actually apply some of that healing to our mother relationships, our relationships with our men, with our children and so much, so much more. So I look forward to connecting with you again then. And in the meantime, stay healthy and stay blessed. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to www.soulmamajourney.com for more resources, including the Soul Mama blog, the show notes to each episode with links and references to everything mentioned, and for more ways to work with me one-to-one. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at soulmamacoach for more personal shares and updates. And you can email me at nahanda at soulmamajourney.com. I so love to hear from you. Share the love with your friends, family, and anyone who would benefit from listening to this. And if you could take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, wherever you've listened to it, that really helps more people to discover it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Stay blessed.